Well, welcome to week three of our series, Thrill of Hope. I'm really glad that you're part of this series today, and I hope that all month this has been encouraging to you. It's been our hope that as we take a look at the Christmas story, that we really see the hope that it's meant to bring into our lives. I know that I talk to many people and I see the news and I read the headlines and I see the social media posts and I know that we're a world right now that could really use a dose of hope. The difference in making it or the difference in giving up, the difference in pushing forward often comes from our hope. If you have hope to know that you have an opportunity or that there's a, a better day coming, you'll push through. You'll make it to the other side. Today, no matter what season you're walking through, you have hope. It's a thrill that comes, that rejuvenates, and that brings you life. And I hope that this Christmas story, this Christmas season, you're receiving a thrill of hope from our time together. All of this series comes out of Isaiah 9, chapter 2, and here's what it says. It says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Today, many of us feel as though we're walking in uh, darkness or a deep darkness. We're facing depression. We have financial battles. We have relational battles. We have our health issues. We have a lot of things that we navigate in life. And then you just escalate the season we've been in with a pandemic and all the political stuff that's going on and all the division across our country. There's a lot of things that we're carrying on our shoulders. For many of us, our generation is experiencing and walking through things that no one has ever seen or experienced. And there's a lot of weight and there's a lot of pressure that comes along with that. Maybe today you feel like you're walking in that darkness of life, but I want to remind you today, the Bible says that a light is coming that will remove the darkness because when Jesus shows up, it changes things. It changes the atmosphere at the very presence of Jesus. And that's exactly what this Christmas season is all about. That's the thrill of hope that God would send His Son Jesus into the world for you and for me. And through this series, we've been talking through several different topics. In week one, we talked through Long Lay the World. And we discovered that through the Christmas experience, through the birth of Jesus, through uh, God saying, hey, Mary, you're going to carry my son. Joseph, you're going to father my son. And a miracle is going to take place. And Jesus is coming to change the world. We really learned of the intimacy that God has in our lives. He loves us so much to be so involved in your life that he can handle your problems and he can handle your pressures. Nothing is too big for him and he's with you. He hasn't abandoned you, that he's walking this out as you take your steps with him. Last week, we talked through the weary world rejoices. We learned how to have joy in difficult seasons. Look, sometimes when it all seems so bad, it's hard to find the joy in the middle of all of the problems. But in the middle of it, we learned last week that all of our troubles and all of our problems create opportunity. And it's opportunity for great joy. And through problems and through stretching and through the growth that comes, you get joy on the other side of it. So today, no matter what it is that you're struggling with or you're walking through, consider it great joy. Or at least you know you've got an opportunity for joy. Maybe you don't feel that joy today, but there's an opportunity for what God wants to do in your life. 
And as we've approached today, week three, I titled your message, Fall on Your Knees. Many of you, as you're navigating Christmas, you feel like falling on, you feel like passing out. You feel like giving up. You feel like just surrendering to all the stuff that's going on. Now, we're a week from Christmas, uh, not, not, to, not to rush you, not to put pressure on you, but we're a week till Christmas. You've got a week to do all of your shopping. You've got a week to do all of your baking. You've got a week to get the house ready for everybody who's coming. You've got a week for your travel plans. You've got a week to get everything you've got to do in order. You've got one week left. And that is exhausting. It's overwhelming. It'll make you feel like just falling to your knees and giving up. Yet, the term fall on your knees actually is a different kind of giving up. It's a different kind of surrender. It's not surrendering to the circumstances. It's not surrendering to the pressure. It's not caving in to all of the chaos, but yet it is a surrender before the Lord. It is falling down in front of Him in worship and acknowledging that you can't, but He can. Surrender and fall on your knees. And so today, I want to talk about how we do that, the importance of doing that, because I want to take a comparison to the Christmas season and to life that we're living. We know the Christmas story. Even if you don't attend church, if maybe you just know about God or you just know about the Bible, we know the Christmas story because it's, it's, it reaches everybody every year. It's just a tradition, regardless if you have faith in Jesus or you don't. And there's some similarities to the Christmas season and to Christmas to the life that you're living and to the life that I'm living. And today, I think the commonality of what Christmas represents is going to give you hope. You're going to receive a thrill of hope. So at the end of it all, you can fall on your knees and surrender to God instead of surrendering to all of the other stuff that's happening in your life. I believe that today's word will be encouraging for you. So I want us to pray, and I want us to ask God's blessing over the word today. So Father, I love you. Thank you for... All of those who are watching online, listening by podcast, I pray right now that this word would be life-changing to us, that we would feel and experience the thrill of hope that this Christmas season brings. May we learn how to fall on our knees and surrender to you. God, as we draw similarity, commonality out of Christmas and the life that we're living, I pray that we grow in you today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So there's some similarities between the Christmas story. Yeah, the traditional Christmas story of Joseph and Mary and the angels and the wise men. All of the stuff that takes place at Christmas. There's a lot of similarities between Christmas and your life. And sometimes you think your life doesn't match your expectations. Sometimes you thought life would be different than what it is. You never would have dreamed that you would be faced with the challenges that you're being faced with. You never would have dreamed that your family would be falling apart. You never dreamed that you would have experienced the loss that you experienced. You never dreamed that you would have these feelings and these emotions as you navigate life. Well, the Christmas season, Christmas, the birth of Jesus, the very miracle of God sending His Son into the world, it didn't look a whole lot different. But because of that similarity, there's a lot of hope for you and for me today. And so number one, I want to draw out of Christmas, and you need to know this. Number one, Christmas is complicated. Christmas is complicated. 
say, well, I was hoping for better news than that because I know my life is complicated, so I need something a little less complicated. But the good news is that if Christmas is complicated and God can draw miracles out of those complications, God can draw miracles out of your life as well. Look at what the Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 29. It says, confused and disturbed. I want you to underline that, confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. So Mary gets the news, hey, you're going to be the mother of the Son of God. I mean, imagine how shocking that would be. Now, we read that today, knowing the end from the beginning, and it's not that big of a deal to us today, is it? We just know the story, the, the Virgin Mary, and she gave birth to the Son of God, and they called Him Jesus, and we know about all the, the gifts that were brought, and the wise men, and we know all the stuff that happened around Christmas, but really, Christmas is really, really complicated. I mean, try to explain this. Try to make sense of this. It's a complicated scenario, and Mary felt the exact same way. You see, many of us look at our own lives and what we're walking through, what we're facing, and it's just complicated. How did we get here? How did we end up in this season of life? Why are we facing this? Why are you going through this? Why are you dealing with this? Why do you feel that way? Why did this happen to you? Life is complicated, and so is Christmas. And just like Mary, many of us feel confused and disturbed. That's exactly how Mary felt. She's trying to go, what in the world does all of this mean? How could this be me? How could this be my life? How could this be my struggle? How could this be my reality? The Bible tells us that Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Mary is in a sense of confusion, it says. She was confused and she was disturbed. Do you know that confusion is actually a condition that you can find yourself in? It's a state of misunderstanding. It's a state of uncertainty. It's a state of doubt or ignorance. How many of us today would say that you feel like you're walking into a complicated season, both confused and disturbed? And here's the dangers, that confusion creates conflict and then conflict creates chaos. See, when there's confusion in your life, it creates the conflict. And you're feeling that conflict. You feel that tension right now in that season that you're walking in, facing the things that you're facing. As you walk through this difficult Christmas season, this very complicated Christmas season, and you're feeling that confusion of, well, why me? Or, or how did I get here? And why am I facing this? And it can lead to a, a little bit of conflict in your life. Conflict with your employers, conflict with your employees, conflict with your family, conflict with your kids, conflict with your mind and your emotions. And if you don't know how to walk through the complicated Christmas season, you'll find yourself in chaos. I know about my family, we're walking through a really crazy, complicated season where I've asked myself the exact same thing. God, what are you doing? God, why are we walking through this? God, why are we facing this? In September, we found out that my mom had uh, an extremely rare and aggressive form of cancer, geoblastoma, brain cancer. And uh, she was having some difficulties. We took her to the emergency room, and they discovered that uh, her speech was not connecting to her thoughts, and there was just some, some clear signs that something was wrong. And so they did some tests and found a large tumor, and she had brain surgery. 
and they removed that tumor from her brain, and she's been going through chemo uh, or through radiation. Uh, the tumor will not respond to chemotherapy, so she's on some trial medication. And she moved in with Jen and I, and and uh, we've become caretakers and helping make sure she's taking her medicine when she's supposed to, and the right medicine, and making it to the doctor's visits on the right day at the right time at the right place, and over here and in this right room. And some of you have walked through very similar scenarios, and it's complicated. And I asked the Lord, God, what are we doing? What is this for? Why are we choosing this journey? Like, God, what is the the purpose behind it all? Because it's complicated. It's complicated to be a caretaker. It's complicated to watch somebody you love struggle and go through something. Just this past week, my wife had to have surgery unexpectedly. We found out last Sunday uh, that she was pregnant and that we were uh, surprised. We weren't expecting that news and she felt like she may need to take a pregnancy test and it was positive and so she took two and two of them were positive. And back in 2013 when uh, we had gotten pregnant, we learned that uh, she had damaged tubes. Her body uh, would not be able to process a pregnancy. And so in 2013, she had to have emergency surgery. She had an ectopic pregnancy, and it was very dangerous for her. And so we had surgery, and uh, we, we made it through that process. We made it through that season. And in 2016, our little boy was born through the process of in vitro. It was a very miracle, big miracle for us. And now here we are again, and we discover that she's pregnant. And we go to the doctor on Tuesday to have her checked, and Sure enough, it was an ectopic pregnancy, and they said, well, you got to have surgery again. And we stood there going, God, why? What's the purpose in all of this? It's complicated. It's complicated to process these feelings. And just like Mary, who said, I'm confused and I'm disturbed, it just gets difficult. But, you know, God is not the author, the Bible tells us, of confusion. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 and 33, that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. See, if God's not the author or the creator of the confusion of your life, if God's not overcomplicating it, then what is God doing? God is not creating that complication. He is not creating that chaos, but He is in the midst of it providing peace for your life. You see, that is really the good news of Christmas. Yes, Christmas is complicated. Yes, your life is complicated. But that's the good news, that if God can do something through the complications of Christmas, God can do something through the complications of your life. Look at Isaiah 9 and 6 with me. It says, for a child is born to us. If you can, underline that word, us. A son is given to, there it is again, us. The government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of, underline it, there it is, it's important, Prince of Peace. Now this is one of the most beautiful verses of Scripture ever written to you and to me. Because life is complicated, and Christmas was complicated. This very process of the birth of Jesus was complicated. I believe it's so that God could say, don't worry about the situation. Don't worry about the surroundings or the scenarios. Don't worry about how complicated it is. You focus on the peace that I will bring you through the process. For unto us, look at yourself today and know that you're included in that word us. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, what you're going through, or what you're facing. For unto us, every single one of us, 
are the reason for this complicated Christmas season. God brought His Son into the world for you and for me. And the good news is, is even though it's complicated and you can't, He can. The government will rest on His shoulders. Hey, there's nothing more powerful than Jesus. Everything that you think is bigger and more powerful and stronger and better than you are, more capable, listen... Jesus is bigger than it all. Even the government, even the most powerful entity will rest on the shoulders of Jesus. He will carry it, it all. It's complicated. Yes, it's difficult. Yes, it may be confusing. It may not make sense. You may feel a little disturbed. You may be walking through difficulty. But for unto us a child is born who's strong enough to carry all the weight of the world. And he will be a wonderful counselor. He's your wisdom. He's your direction. He's the one that will lead you through the complication. When it doesn't make sense and it's overly complicated, well, he's the counselor. He's the one that knows. He gives you the advice. He gives you the wisdom. If you're carrying this complicated Christmas on your own shoulders, well, it's time to go to the wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. He's an everlasting Father. And he is the Prince of Peace. In other words, He's there to carry you. He's there to comfort you. He is Emmanuel, God with us. His very presence is to rest with you. That in this season of complication, of a complicated Christmas, Jesus is there with you. He is the peace. He is your wisdom. He is your everything. So, just like Mary, let a little pressure off of your shoulders today. She was confused and she was disturbed. She was overly complicated by the situation. She didn't understand it all. But she knew what the Word had said to her and the presence of God had been there with her and the peace that it had brought to her. Let God do that for you today. Number two, write this down. Christmas, although it's complicated, we also learn that it is chaotic. Christmas is also chaotic. Luke 2, verses 6 and 7 says this. It says, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. Underline that statement, a time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. Because there was, underline this statement, no lodging available for them. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth to this baby. They had gone for a census. They had to travel. They were out of town. And while they were there, it's time. It, it, the, the baby's coming. The, the, the pregnancy has come to a conclusion. And in that moment, they had to figure out what they're going to do. So they began to look for a place. You see, when God says it's time, it can feel chaotic. Your season can feel like total chaos, and then God can show up in the middle of it and begin to perform a miracle. That's why he gives you peace to carry you through until the time comes. And in this moment, the time has come, and yet there was no lodging for them. I love the translation, the, the, the traditional one that says there was no room in the end. There was no preparation for them. You see, Christmas for them, not only was it complicated, but it was also very chaotic. Wouldn't it be easier if your life was a lot like a Hallmark Christmas movie? You know, every Hallmark Christmas movie is the same. It really is. Now, some of you who absolutely love Hallmark Christmas movies, you're mad at me because you say, no, they're not the same and they're all... But it is actually a formula 
that Hallmark has, and they follow it for every Christmas movie. It's true. You can look it up and do some research. They don't even deny it. It's always a slow-paced town, always small town. Most of the time, there's some little small town in the middle of nowhere. A man and woman, they'll meet under some awkward circumstances. They stumble slowly toward uh, their romance, and finally they share a kiss under bright Christmas lights, and, and they love each other, and they had this conflict. They didn't like each other, but now they're Christmas, uh, kissing under Christmas lights. Usually in these Christmas movies, there's a phony boyfriend or girlfriend plot, uh, and it also, uh, this, this plot appears in these movies. So check it out. All of these are the same plot in all of these movies, proven. It's, it's, the, it's the phony boyfriend or girlfriend, the holiday engagement, the mistletoe promise, hitch for the holidays, a December bride, snow bride, and a Christmas for the books, just to name a few. All of these are, are the exact same plot. It's just simple, and it works. Put them in a small town, have some snow, a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of struggle, a little bit of problem, and then they fall in love, they kiss, and we all feel so good, and we watch another one. Even it's the same thing over and over again. Why? Because life is complicated, and it's chaotic, and we want something just to slow down so it's not so chaotic. Christmas, look, you got the worry of finances. Can I pay for it all? shopping and looking for it all, being able to get it shipped on time. Can you even find it in the stores today? You've got your schedule. You've got your family. You're dealing with loss. You've got all these things that create the chaos of Christmas. One of the things that made this so chaotic in this time is that there was no room in the inn. There was no lodging for this family. There was no margin made for the baby Jesus. I'm going to ask you this question today. What would change in your life in the middle of all the chaos if you made some room for Jesus in your life? I think we, we contribute to the chaos when we overdo everything in our life. We fill it with so much stuff. We fill it with the gifts and the tree and the lights and the decoration and the parties and all the things that we try to do in Christmas or in life. And it becomes so chaotic because we didn't leave room for the thing that matters the most. I'm encouraging you today that the very son that was born into the world for you and for me to bring us peace, make some room for that peace in your life for Jesus because life as Christmas is chaotic. And then number three, I want you to write this down. Christmas is contagious. Christmas is contagious. Look at what happened in Luke chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. It says, They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Not only is Christmas a little complicated, and, and, and not only, as, as we see with Mary, is Christmas just a little chaotic, but Christmas is also contagious. That's the beauty of Christmas. That's why we like Christmas so much. See, in this instance here, in the middle of all that was happening, the Bible says that as they were terrified, the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring joy to who? All people. There it is again. That's the story of Christmas. That's the thrill of hope, that it's for all of us, the good news. You know, 
people flock to good news. People like to have some good news. People actually are looking for good news. In the middle of all the bad in the world, we like to hear something that is good. Most of us anticipate hearing or receiving something that is negative. Most of us anticipate when somebody says, I got something I need to tell you, and you go, okay, what's wrong? Or you get that weird phone call in the middle of the day that you weren't anticipating, and you go, oh, I need to pick this up. They never call the phone. They usually text. They never call. Like, I need to find out what's happening here. What's the problem? What's gone wrong? Because for many of us, we just have this anticipation of some bad news. But Christmas... It's contagious because it's full of good news. Christmas was all about good news. Now, it's good to know that as Christmas is complicated, God can do something with it. And it's good to know that as Christmas is chaotic, that God can draw something out of it. But it's good to know that Christmas is contagious because of all the good things. Think about the things you like just about Christmas in general. You like the music. We like the songs. We like the Christmas songs. We must because we play the same ones every single year for decades. Songs songs that are old, barely any new Christmas songs. We like that traditional Christmas. We like it. It's contagious. And then we like the food. We like all the stuff that we eat. Maybe sometimes it only during the holidays. My wife baked Chex Mix this year. Her mom does that every year. It's something that we love and we enjoy. My wife made them in our own home. And so I've been eating some Chex Mix all season long. It's contagious during the holidays. We like the lights. We like the trees. Our tree's been up since before Thanksgiving. It's all right. Some of you hating, but it's all right. We've been enjoying those lights in this season uh, because it's contagious, because we enjoy it. We've watched Christmas movies multiple times. We'll find something and say, let's just put something Christmas on. Why? Because it's contagious, because we enjoy it. The world around you is looking for things to enjoy. You're looking for something that fills your heart with joy and hope, and that is exactly what Christmas is, that it brings good news. That's literally what the gospel means. Did you know that the gospel literally translates to good news? Sometimes in the world of church, we're guilty, uh, not at Cultivate Church, but in the world of church, of talking about everything that's bad, everything that's wrong, everything that you did wrong, and everything that you messed up, and everything that you need to fix. But here's the good news. The good news is the gospel that God would send His Son to be born into the world for you, for all people. It's good news for everybody. And that is the thrill of hope today, that Jesus came into this world to bring good news. And you and me, we have an opportunity to share it with everybody because good news is contagious. Look, I know in this season right now, I know that you're tempted to fall on your knees in exhaustion. I know you're tempted to fall on your knees in giving up. I know that you're tempted to fall on your knees and say, forget the relationship, forget the marriage, forget the finances, forget the job, forget my future, just forget it. I'm done. I'm tapping out. I can't do any more than what I've already done. But today, bring hope out of the the, the complications of Christmas and the chaos of Christmas because it is contagious. Christmas for you and Christmas for me is life-changing of Jesus. So today, I want to encourage you to fall on your knees in surrender to the Lord, to the very one who came to give us hope so that we can receive a thrill of hope in our life. It's just about our response. You can't control the circumstances, but 
but you can control your response. So today, I want to pray for us that our response would be to fall on our knees before the Lord and acknowledge the greatest gift that has ever been given, and that's the gift of Jesus, that He would live and He would die for you and for me. And so, as your season is complicated, as your season is a little chaotic, lean into the good news because that's the part that's contagious and will change everything. So, Father, today I pray over all of my friends watching online right now, God, that you would just speak to them, God, whatever they're going through, whatever they're facing, God, that you would be very present, God, in this moment with them today. God, I pray if there's any of us who don't have a personal relationship with you, that today would be our day to say yes. So right there where you are, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, maybe pray something like this. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up, and I know I've, I've gotten it wrong. And today, I'm choosing Jesus to receive the gift of forgiveness and of salvation. Today, Jesus, I choose to put you first in my life. Today, Jesus, I am changed from this moment on. Forever, I will belong to you. And God, I pray for all of those who are just struggling. Life is just a little complicated. It's a little chaotic. But today, we need the contagious good news to be alive in our lives. And I pray that people would be reminded today of how much you love them. And that because of the gospel of Jesus, because of the birth of Jesus, because of Christmas, because Christmas relates to our life, we can see today that there's great peace, there's great joy, and there's a thrill of hope for every single one of us. So today, God, we give you the credit. We acknowledge what you've done, and we love you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name.